Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with Cloud9 Podcast with my good friend and partner, Alex Boyd from Revenue Zen. Alex, welcome. Thanks, Amir. It's good to be on. Yeah, Alex has been, um, you know, it's funny. I think we, we, we first came in touch uh, probably like five months ago, maybe, or, or four months ago. And, and since then, since you've gone into my awareness sphere, um, I've just noticed you answering and helping everybody everywhere, which is awesome. I think, I think um, you're in, in modern, modern sales pro group and um, one of those guys that takes his time to just write really detailed responses to help the community, um, which I love. Um, some of that stuff was helpful for me. So thank you for sharing the knowledge. Do what I can. Yeah. Just trying to be a humble participant in a world where, you know, um, I don't know everything yet. I don't know nearly everything, but also I know some things. So um, we're all on the front lines trying to make it happen. Yeah. And, and it's changing fast. And that's kind of the topic of our today's show, right? We're talking about how outbound creates inbound. Um, and I know that there's, there's a lot to talk about that. Um, you know, both organizations, Cloud Task and Revenue Zen, we help, we help B2B companies create a, appointments, a, a certain overlap of part of our business, but you do a lot more, right? With, uh, with social selling, um, with, with creating inbound um, for, for companies. And I think a lot of the things that people forget to talk about, right, is, is the fact that the way buyers buy has completely changed and nobody is going to send a meeting with you. And I mean nobody um, until they go to your website, right? And, you know, nobody's really taking into account of that, right? I think, I think in the past, um, you know, we've spoken about this. In the past, somebody would call, make a meeting, send an email, get a meeting. Now the buyers are like, eh, look at him, unsubscribe. They can tell you I'm not interested. They'll go to your website, right? And no one's really measuring that. Um, so I, I, I guess I'll throw a question at you. Um, have you seen this phenomenal change in the last 12 months? Like, is there, or are we at a tipping point where people just need to say, um, you know, outbound is part of marketing now? Um, where are we at with that? That's a really good question. Um, when I started the company, it was, it was basically like me doing sales consulting and it quickly became outbound as a service. Um, and one of the interesting decisions we made um, two years ago was to bring on, uh, at the time, the third person and the second co-founder, uh, Amanda, who became our chief marketing officer. And we became a content agency. And so now it's like, well, we're, we're doing, we do sales, we're a sales agency and then a marketing agency. In the last year or so, I just, when I, if I meet someone at an event or a cocktail party, I say, I run a marketing agency. Don't even mention sales. Um, and it's about like who outbound reports to because often we're reporting into uh, either the, the, the founder, uh, the VP of sales or the head of sales development. Um, but that's shifting more and more. Um, and we definitely have noticed it. And it's, it's been a reason why a lot of our business now comes from uh, services that are either hybrid outbound and inbound or just inbound. Uh, that's two thirds of our, of our, um, uh, our net. And then just pure SDR is like a third of that now. Yeah. Which is crazy with how we started exactly. And now we're, we're seeing this move in terms of what people uh, want from us and also um, the ROI we see uh, on those kind of hybrid and inbound services is often way better. So, um, I'm, I'm people there nowadays too. Quick, so quicker is always a function of better, right? I think for the, the, the people we help. Yeah. They want ROI now. No. Right? When do you want, when do you want that ROI? I want it now. Right. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so, so I've seen the same thing and I think coming from a sales background, I was, um, always working under sales with sales. And I think we've, I remember the day that we were hired by a large organization and uh, we reported to marketing and I was like, Oh crap. Like, like this is not good. 
uh, market where, you know, like, I don't know marketing. I know they're thinking. And I was like, naturally pulled towards the salespeople who like, I wasn't working with, um, created some tension, which was kind of funny. I got yelled at mm -hmm. for taking a picture with the sales leader by the head of marketing, big company, a lot of politics. Um, now you fast forward and I'm like, this is supposed to be marketing. And I think the big thing that, you know, our listeners and, and leaders out there are struggling with understanding is how do you measure what a sales development uh, produces if they're coming to your website and interacting with you as if you drew them there with an SEO blog, a blog article, SEO paid, right? And it's all the same thing. You're, you're going to attract somebody either paid or organic to your site or you're attracting them with an outbound message. Same way there's a sign spinner. You see those sign spinners at a store. It's like, come to my store right now, right? Once he's in your store, he's in your store, right? Um, so, you know, what's happened? Like, what's that doing? What, is it, like, what have you seen for the like, people you've helped? Um, I think you just said in your conversation, like, you've moved more marketing, right? Because I think, I think you're, in a, you're in the danger zone if you're just doing sales, just doing outbound these days, unless you're a W-2 in the office, right? Yeah, no, it's very, very true. Um, and, I mean, I had a conversation with a different guy who owns an outbound agency who's much bigger than us, should not be named, but... He, I asked him what he's doing for the, the business in this, and he just starts swearing. And I was like, hey, you're a cool dude, but he just literally starts like, like cursing and being like, this is all whatever. And I was like, the game's getting harder. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, definitely have noticed that. Um, uh, yeah, I would prefer to see a move toward um, app owner coming into marketing because, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, like I often will, if I get a really bad SDR email that I nevertheless do want to check out, I will unsubscribe and then go to the website and maybe do a demo for that. And that often happens. Yeah. So your question was, how do we track that? Yeah. I mean, you could be firing an SDR who just brought you the biggest deal, but if you don't know, right, yeah. she doesn't even know. Right? The, I think it's harder to track. The, one of the most memorable things I can remember from um, when I was the head of sales at Indonero um, was a one time the, the CEO just sort of haphazardly asked us, she was like, hey, can you, can you go ahead and split out the marketing and the SDR expenses on your, your um, like revenue budget for your, your CAC analysis? I go to VP of marketing, I was like, great, so can you help me with this? And she's like, we should not do that. It's like, why? And she's like, that's a, that's a, she was more polite, but she was like, that's a bad idea because that neglects all the ways that we work together and be, when, um, you know, we're supporting the SDR team with ads and brand investment and everything else. And when you guys are sending people to our website, you can't just cross that. And so we need to report that together and we need to show a united front that we're not going to be bullied into splitting things out. And um, by somebody who doesn't necessarily understand those inner workings, I was like, God, you're right. You're right. Um, but it didn't hit me until I just, um, not found out from her really like more of the marketing brain um, and how they think and they're doing so much that is hard to attribute, right? Like one of our um, former clients, pilot.com, they just bought billboards in San Francisco uh -huh. on the bus stops. How are you going to attribute that? Like, I yeah, I know. It's like you have to just rely on, um, I mean, the, the tech is sort of getting there slowly and you can kind of do some things, but it's estimations, it's faith. And you you got to stick to your guns and not try to um, enforce the same level of attribution on every channel that you do on your, your most transparent channels. Cause you know, people will book calendars from an SDR um, uh, thing in their email and 
or they'll do it on the website. And they'll be like, hey, this person downloaded a white paper. And the SDR is like, I've spent two months reaching out to this person. They didn't get back to me, but they opened all my emails and they heard my voicemails, downloaded a white paper. Um, and what do you do? Do you then say, sorry, SDR? Or do you say this is a combo assist? Do you say this is marketing? And the SDR, whether they're at a company like ours, not working, not being paid by the client or they're on a direct SDR team, they want recognition. Oh yeah. And like, if you just say, thanks, but no thanks, stop reaching out to this person, you know, bye. You just, you're A, neglecting all the work that they did to prime this person to go down on the white paper. Um, you're demotivating them and you're ignoring the reality that you do the same thing. Maybe you don't want to talk to somebody, but you got the information that inspired you to go check them out. That's a very real thing that happens all the time. It happens all the time. And I think SDRs are getting the worst half of the stick. If you ask me, I, I think there's very few companies out there that can properly measure attribution. And anybody listening to this podcast knows any names, please introduce me to them. I'd love to pick their brain. Uh, I think HubSpot and uh, Inbound, we went uh, a few weeks ago, they released a new release of an attribution tool, but it's probably two years away, right? From <laughs> being fully functional. Like they, they released it and then it's fluffy at first, right? They came from a sales email and then two years later it gets working and it's hard, right? Especially hard for startups to set up all these cookies, right? Like there's this whole business on affiliates where affiliates can make a lot of money selling other people's products and they trust those codes, right? And they're the mm-hmm. where they're getting paid and, and, and it works. Uh, we haven't seen that really in B2B, right? I think, I think in B2B it's like still like there's some partner channels that have like, you know, here's my referral code. And like still a lot of people are hesitant to work with partner channels because you could be a really solid brand ambassador. All of a sudden somebody chooses to go, you know, you mentioned it during dinners. You don't have time to go register a lead and go through, they go to your website. Oh, sorry. Right. It's registered. We're partners of HubSpot. We were, we were pushing that a lot three years ago. We stopped mainly because Every time we went to register a lead, it was already working with HubSpot. Uh, and we were like, yeah, hey, we're sick of this. Like the whole world's working with, if it counts as someone downloading an ebook as working with HubSpot, like everyone's downloaded ebook from HubSpot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think SDRs are losing. Um, I think there's, there's hope for them if they move under marketing, because then you could start looking at numbers like sales, right? Like, like are we growing at 30% a quarter? And those KPIs, I think, um, become more solid for an organization to measure than did you make 10 meetings? Did you make 15 meetings? What's my cost per meeting? Right. I think just being, and that's how marketing's always lived. Right. I think marketing SEO, it's like SEO could take 12 months to get an ROI. If that, right. People trust it. You don't really, marketing is always like a, a must have, but it's like, it's hard to pinpoint um, always what marketing's doing. Right. Um, I think SDR should come like that because and a between you and I, it also gives probably at the end of the day a better customer experience. I think the days of uh, the days of predictable revenue, you know, are I wouldn't say over, but it's not the best customer experience, right? If Salesforce got to this mega billion dollar company without people having the best experience, great. Everyone needed a CRM, right? Not every company has that luxury. Uh, I rather just work with an account executive, right? So SDRs are under marketing now. It's an account executive who. I have to call and do some follow-ups and build that relationship for day one. I think, I think that will create um, a less turnover for SDRs, uh, a different career path, right? Cause now an SDR might be like, Hey, I want to learn more about digital marketing. I want to learn about inbounds or move over to sales. So yeah, it's kind of, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, kind of throwing you a different question. Um, you work with a lot of startups, right? They, they've hired you in the past for outbounds. What do you like, what, what numbers come out of their mouth, right? Like, like what do you see, 
is um, a pattern for them to keep things uh, like, what are they asking for from a meeting perspective? Like, are they wanting meetings in month one, month two, month three? Like, what what expectations do you see out there when it comes to like an outbound program? Yeah, a cold a good, outbound program. Uh, yeah, I know it's crazy because when we um when we do SEO and content marketing, which is probably the single biggest type of business I'm interested in now, we we know how to set expectations and it's very clear and hasn't changed too much. Of like, you're going to need to do this for three months to see a a big jump in some of your top of funnel metrics. You're going to see six months to have like big jumps in your lead metrics. And like you said, you know, nine plus to see like your actual revenue ROI. And with outbound, we used to set the expectation um, that, you know, the first few weeks are we're, we're building the program, we're implementing it, we're designing it, hiring your SDR and so forth. Month one, we used to say roughly 50%. And that was pretty accurate. We'd often beat that. Like month one, we would beat half the, um, uh, regular monthly quarter we outlined. Which was, which was what? What am I mean? Uh, it used to be anywhere from like, you know, depending on the, on the size of the business and anywhere from 14 ish for enterprise up to like, you know, 25, 30 for mid market or SMB. Uh -huh. Um, we had one client come to us with a quarter uh, per month of 50 meetings per month. Um, and that's been dialed way back down now. And we, a, um, we're lengthening the amount of time we're saying it takes to have success because it takes longer to ramp up. It takes longer for, um, a, especially new companies with without a huge domain reputation to even get your emails to the inbox. And we're doing tons of work to just get deliverability going and insane amounts of testing, uh, sending emails to seed lists. There's a bunch of like random reply all threads with our company and a client's new domain. We're just shooting the shit back and forth to get that domain having positive activity. Um, and so now we're saying, you know, it's, look, it's going to take basically a setup period where we're including the first month or two of outbound in kind of the planning and design phase, because now we know that it's going to, we're going to need a lot of really hardcore feedback to design it well, to see if it's a good idea for you. And some companies just shouldn't be using outbound. And so um, we're trying to get people to not go and build full-time teams, especially through us or any way they want to do it before they've tested some form of outbound. So we're doing like small pilot programs that don't involve us building on a team for them before they, uh, before they do that. And then if it goes really well, sure, then we move forward, right? But we generally say like, let's see if this has any traction, if we beat benchmarks with this simpler outbound program. And then if it works really well, we ramp it up, we build a team. Um, but I'm lengthening the expectations. Uh, so to answer your questions, like not only have the number of meetings per rep been dialed back down that we say is a quarter, <clears throat> um, the, the 50 client is down to a quarter of 35. We're still very happy. Um, but like, it's just, it's an adjustment downward. And then the length of time to ramp, same idea. Well, the buyers um, are changing, right? And, and, and some of those meetings are probably coming to the website, right? So maybe they're getting the number they want. You just can't say it, it's hard to measure. So you're, you're lowering expectations. But like I said, it comes back to that number, right? If you're, as an organization, hitting your number, marketing and sales have a common number, then it's okay. It's part of the, yeah. part of the plan. Yeah. So we're seeing the same thing. Um, and, and it's kind of funny that you talked about just like the human condition, right? It's kind of like the, the idea. It's like I raise money. And therefore, I'm going to scale SDRs, right? And it's like, well, what are you scaling? You're just scaling people in your office, um, you know, buying new computers, buying licenses of software companies. That's awesome, right? But you really need to have a baseline before you scale it, right? Like you might, companies that come, might come to you, right, might end up needing 10 SDRs. But if you put all those 10 SDRs from day one, you're not spending the time, you're spending time coaching, training, no. Like you should be spending time finding that secret sauce on what to scale, right? 
Um, and it's a tough pill. It's a tough to say that to somebody when they're like, I want 10 SDRs. But I think uh, like as an expert, like, and, and professionally you have to, right. You have to give people real expectations. That was, that's what they're looking for. Right. How many times have you told people to go elsewhere when they have unrealistic expectations? Oh, I love doing that. I love saying no. It just gives me the best feeling of satisfaction to be like, look, your heart's in the right place, but your goals aren't in alignment, in alignment with what we see is, is reality. And if, if we try to, if we've tried to reset that by sort of telling stories and giving them background info on what we see, and they nevertheless want to press forward, we just, we're like, I'm sorry, it's not a good fit. Cause we know it's going to, it's going to mess us up. We had a client that was, um, came on with one and wanted to add, uh, five to seven more people. Um, after like three months of working with us and I was like, let's start with two more and see how that goes. And sure. I sort of, you could argue that I could have made a lot more money by just jumping right ahead to the seven. Right. Um, but you know, sure enough, like they changed the, the persona they wanted to go after um, in, in, the, in the fourth month or so. And suddenly we had to really rethink our strategy. And now I had two more people to, to contend with. And I was just imagining what if I had built out this whole big team yeah. and then you made this change, we would be in a horrible spot. So like, oh, yeah. always, you know, no or dial back or start smaller, even at my own expense financially, I'd rather just look at the long term, pull that expectation back and try to exceed it slowly and humbly as the game changes in front of us. And the big difference in organizations like ours is, 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 is if we don't have a KPI and we end up getting fired, they're never going to work with an outsourced vendor ever again. When people hire five SDRs and then they change their persona and then they let go for it, they're still going to hire SDRs, right? So yeah. it's also, it, it tarnishes our industry, right? It, it's, I've worked with, how many times have you heard I worked with a company like yours before and it didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how many times have you worked with a sales guy and it didn't work, right? Like statistically speaking, I know it's a lot. You can't lie to them. I see the previous employees on your LinkedIn, right? But for some reason, people, what I've noticed is that vendor money is very different than W2 money, right? For the yes. bank, the bank doesn't care, right? You're spending a million dollars, man, it's like a million dollars off my account. You spend a million dollars to a vendor versus a W2, oh my God, is that money looked at differently? Um, and I think that's part of also just the the culture of, you know, the, the American machine of taxes and, and you know, tracking, what's W2? It's really to track revenue and pay tax, right? Yeah. Um, but everyone's like, you get on that and it's, it's a, it's a game changer, right? People come to your office just by coming at seven in the morning. That's a success. They extend the life of when they should let go. And then by the way, um, you'll believe in to live, you'll give everything to work for six months. And then with low unemployment, 3%, they'll get another job offer. They'll leave you in a second. Right. Um, but then they'll do it again because they have no other options. Right. Um, which is, which is kind of crazy. So one of the things that you said was, which is cool. Uh, made me think of something was just like, whether B2B outbound sales is for you. Um, I, I'm like, I have an industry that I just want to scream and be like, no, it's not for outbound, but I want to ask you, well, what are the, what are the top, let's say two industries that you find outbound to just not really work with? Um, well, I mean, when you say work, like for example, if somebody wanted, you know, results, in year one, I would say government, like they're just, they're on buying cycles. It's longer than what you're going to get. So like, yeah, their information is all online. It's easy to get means with them, but they're not going to buy anything for a while. So if you're tying this back to revenue, that's one that's a big one. Um, for a while I had on my LinkedIn, don't bother if you sell to uh, government or hospitals or healthcare, like big healthcare too. We've done it we've done fine. But um, again, it's like, that's really tough. And we've noticed better results from uh, like a networking led approach. Um, 
So the social selling stuff we do, I always lean toward that instead of outbound. Um, I mean, it's kind of outbound, but not like SDR outbound when you're going to hospitals and big healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, obviously the ones that aren't, um, if it's not on like a white collar industry you're selling to, like if it's very blue collar, people out in the field, um, what we actually did okay with a client that um, sells to plant managers and plant operators for like a heavy manufacturing IOT thing, but we were targeting five meetings a month. Um, and the funny thing is we didn't have much success at all until we started uh, basically using our SDR process to drive people into webinars that they were already running and then recontacted them after. That was the process that worked. So the funny thing is like, sure it works, but not because of the outbound peer strategy, but because we integrated it with the bigger one. So like if someone just wanted to do outbound, I'd be like, nope, you gotta, you gotta do it integrated. Well, um, that's back to our conversation. It's gotta be the marketing play, right? Events, right? Compelling, an event is a compelling event, a meetup, right? A networking, uh, a webinar, like these are all things like that people, SDRs need to be empowered to use to make meetings. It can't just be, hey Alex, Blah, 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 I need 20 minutes of your time. Because these are done, right? It has to be based around something. So, yeah, I, that makes sense. We've seen industrials be good, and uh, using that webinar tactic is great, right? And these are things that I'm sure you as a professional would recommend anybody listening. Put it all on the table. Like, these are our possible weapons, right? Like, if you're in the cloud like us right now, the only thing we can't do is walk into a business. We can send gifts now, right? We can send mail, do everything from your computer besides just physically walking in. And that, I think everything needs to be laid out until you find that one result. But at the end of the day, if you're doing an outbound, you have all these weapons, you have all these tools. But if LinkedIn gets the most meaning, spend all your time on LinkedIn, right? But until you figure that out, trying to scale everything with multiple yeah. ways is always a disaster. Um, I'll, I'll tell you my, and I refer to the, the to Gone 60 Seconds, Nicholas Cage's The Eleanor, the, 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 like his, his unicorn uh, industry. For, for me, it's custom software development. Like I can't sell custom, uh, custom mm. software development. Like if you, like, like I, just tell me how to do that, right? Like tell me how to get trust over the, how many emails and messages a day do people get about, we do custom mobile development software app. Like I don't know how to stand out in that industry. Do you? That's, that's also one that (laughs) I get so many, the two types of messages I get the most are custom software dev. They all sound the same. And then lead gen, which is very funny, but um, they they all can sound the same and custom software dev. We've, we've tried um, the, it's never gone particularly well. Um, the, I mean, the, the next thing that I would like to try if I ever do it again, which I probably won't, will be like just ultra, ultra niching down. Um, uh, Cause I think one of the futures of outbound that we're already starting to try with other clients, especially the ones that are selling into education, which is one I thought would not work really well, but it's one of our best performing clients right now. Like so that. go, um, but uh, is to again, just like do micro campaigns so like very, but then this is really effortful because then you're preparing really different messaging for every micro campaign, right? Um, but yeah, custom software dev, custom lead gen, we barely do any outbound. If I look at our revenue numbers, 7% of our revenue has been from an outbound source. And that includes me DMing somebody on LinkedIn with a very targeted like, hey, this just makes sense, let's chat. Like, like a very special one. Um, like pure cold outbound, I don't know if it's resulted in, I mean, it's, I think the number is about 3%-ish for us. Um, so like, honestly, anything kind of like consulting or, or custom services, not just software, but like custom services in general, things that are very knowledge oriented, you don't convey knowledge like that without bound. 
you can't really. Um, you kind of have to get that person, the consultant, the knowledge source, speaking at conferences. You can bolster that stuff with outbound, but you can't. No, there needs to be somebody that's shaking hands and meeting people, right? Like, who are you going to trust to build your mobile app? It's like someone you meet at a conference and has references. It's not going to be an email you get. Oh, you have 400 developers? Sign me up. Yeah. Okay. No one buys it. Not going to do that. Uh, my industry number two is ERP. Selling mm. financial engines to CFOs with outbound. Hard. Um, very hard. And my, and, and the ironic part is think about this, right? Like you, I know some of these CEOs, right? I'm not going to name names, but like, I know CEOs of, of POS and ERP companies that, you know, they they don't even have cash on hand, right? They're, they're running out of capital. Like, can you, can you imagine putting your financial engine on a company that's not, you know, well, no, not a QuickBooks and Intuit, you know, zero, like those, even zero took a lot of money, a lot of time to get their reputation up. Um, those are another one of those unicorns for us where it's like, eh, you don't have MQLs, you just want outbound, you want us to call CFOs. Yeah, that's maybe two appointments a month, right? Like if that, um, and, and that's another one that I, I tend to stay away from. But like you said before, it, it, it doesn't, we just have to, I, I think, educate people on the fact that the goal is getting a customer and it doesn't it might have to be called outbound or inbound. You talked about those hybrid accounts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that the hybrid account is also what every organization should almost look for, right? Like if you're, if you're not able to get that pure inbound engine, you're not a snowflake or this big unicorn that just drives, you know, crazy traffic. You should shoot for that next, that hybrid, right? But a lot of companies go from, here's my inbound. I got 10 leads. I'm taking them. I got them. Now I want outbound. And I want you to fill in this middle. Uh, and my expectations, you're doing it in six months. Six months is long. You convinced me six months. I don't, I don't even trust six months. You know what I mean? So that's kind of, um, that's kind of that hole that I think leaders like ourselves need to share with people and really let them know that like, cool, right? Like if you're doing all the right motions, saying all the right things and you're focusing on the buyer persona and you're focusing on uh, value messaging that you can control, right? But controlling, you know, having a media product fit for startup, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Um, how do what's your opinion about leaders that hire you and, and, and have never picked up the phone, never called, they just expect results. Are, are you, are you, pro that or is that kind of a kiss of death um or have you noticed that when you work with companies that their leaders get down and dirty they tend to succeed um it's interesting because i feel like our one part of our ideal client profile for us is the person we're working with has not been a vp of sales before um and so i've just noticed that when they haven't they trust our guidance more and we're able to have more leeway to build the, the program as we see it, which can include things that like we can respond to our own judgment and our own feedback more quickly than having to run it by somebody who has their own body of belief that they think is the right way to do things. Um, so yeah, usually like some, one person heard me say this and they're like, Oh, you want to work with people that don't know what they're doing. And I was like, no, 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 that's not at all what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is somebody who trusts our advice. Right. Um, and so if it's um, like a, a chief revenue officer who's never run the type of like personal brand led social selling strategy we have, we, we run, but they know SDR really well, great. Like, like let us do the thing that you don't already know how to do like the back of your hand. So we're not butting heads trying to do it together. Yep. Um, so yeah, for us, I would actually rather have somebody who hasn't because we take such an active role in the process that I want to design the thing. I have my team design the thing from top to bottom. I don't want you to slot us into your, your vendor line item under like, you know, SDR outsourced vendor, right? If you do that, we're handicapped and we can't do our job. Um, 
Uh, and, and other companies like us maybe would want to do that, but like for us, it's not the way we're priced, not the way we're built, because um, we're, we're going to charge too much. We're going to charge for strategy too. Yeah. And the price. And so like if we do that and you're not, you don't want it, then you're just paying for stuff you don't need and then your ROI is going to be lower. So like I would rather not have somebody who has um, like extremely clear deliverables up front and just wants to slot us in. That's not us. Um, so I would not rather have that. I would rather have a founder who is, like an MBA type founder who's a generalist and really good at building products, um, has a good vision, but wants us to handle the details. Cause that's, then we'll, then we'll do it. No, that that's makes fine. sense. And I talked to a lot of marketing agencies who say the same thing. They're big, mm -hmm. they're probably like, I'd rather have someone who doesn't have a fully in-house marketing team. Right. Cause then it's, you listen to the guidance. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think the idea is also for us to find those unicorns at scale. Right. I think, I think it's like hitting every lever at the same time. Um, and that's that's what, what we're all hoping out for. So, what if you don't mind me asking, what changes do you see happening in like the near future? How how, how do you see how do you see SDR work really changing in the next six months, twelve months? Do you see churn continuing to go up? Do you see some stabilization? Do you see the number of uh, SDRs to increase? Like, what well, how does that look in the next twelve months? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I th I think we're uh, I think we're going to continue to see. SDRs report to more marketing orgs, or at least they should. Uh, I think we're going to see better results from that. I would love to see the Bridge Group's next report on. I was about to bring them up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, because they do a really good report every year on, you know, quota, quota attainment. I want to see what that 2019 number looks like um, for both those metrics. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I think we're going to see more like unconventional tactics. Um, and so we've been piling a lot of tactics that um, SDRs use. Um, for example, we'll, we'll take the founder or the, the leader's account um, and we'll do outbound for that person. And then the founder or leader's new LinkedIn connections, the SDR team will call them, for example, right? Um, so we're doing stuff that I think we're going to see more of that, where the SDR isn't just doing net new cold outbound in the same way. They're going to be doing tactics that are much more integrated, whether that's calling in QLs or something else entirely. Um, I think we're going to see SDRs be closer to the marketing org, have to learn marketing skill sets more. Um, uh, for me, I've never, I've never really run orgs that have a dialed narrow SDR to AE promotion track. Because for me, I, I, at Revenue Zen, we've promoted, I think, two SDRs into, like, well, three, into account manager or marketing, like growth marketing roles. Um, I had a content manager apply for a job with us, and I they started an SDR role instead. Yeah. They did great. One of our best SDRs. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm seeing a lot more closeness there. Um, I've always thought that the SDR to AE promotion track being the only thing to do is sort of, it's wrong headed because it's too narrow. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I predict this will happen, but I hope more people will uh, adopt that and consider the openness of like, you started in an entry level role you could go anywhere. You could go to partnerships, you could go to account management, you could go to marketing, you could do an AE role, but it's not the same skill set. Most of my career I was spent being an AE or managing and hiring AEs. Um, I you know, joke that the SDR team that I first really took over, so I kind of built an SDR team and left it to go do the stuff I really wanted to do. And then it started to kind of disintegrate. And then my VP of sales at the time who came in for a brief time was like, you have to go back and turn that around. And I was like, come on fine. And I kind of did it begrudgingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, having done both jobs, the SDR role is very different. It's much more marketing and much less like, you don't generally train SDRs to do that much 
discovery, to do you know, no good negotiation. You don't teach them as much communication. Maybe we should, but then that's like taking away from um, more the marketing skill set. So I think there's a good case for, for all the promotion tracks equally. Yeah. Um, I think more people have to, to see that. So it's different career paths, right? They can go more to marketing, but in, and you didn't mention this, but I also think they can go to customer success, right? Uh, if they want to, not the, not the exact um, skill set, but if they really are familiar with the product and the personas, right? From the product and persona, you can get the marketing and, and, and customer success. AE is even just different, right? It's more of like how to negotiate and communication, and, and, and it's, but it's interesting to see it's evolving. Um, it's gonna continue to evolve. Um, you know, it's ironic to me, it's like that, also the title, like, it's like some of these titles are new, right? Like a lot of people don't know what SDRs are, um, especially in different industries, we know what they are. Uh, BDRs, right? But like that title also makes it harder for them to perform. What do you feel about sales development reps? And let's talk about sales development rep as their goal is to make qualified meeting. Titling themselves a partner for strategic relationships or um, relationship manager, right? Something, it's like ironic because you wanna, their title hurts their performance. Nobody talks about that, but like, I'm not super likely to connect with sales development reps because I'm a busy CEO and I don't want to, you know, even though I love sales, like I, I want to filter my outreach. I respect it. Right. So what do you think that is it, are the titles right for the, the goal they're trying to get? Or is that kind of a gray area? Like how do we address that? Yeah, I never call people SDRs. There was one case where the, our client was like, you have to use that title for accuracy and like this, okay, we did it of course, but um, in every other case we've gone with, you know, immigration consultant, QA evangelist. I mean, it's always something that's like- You're already there. Perception, yeah, we, we definitely don't use SDR. We don't use BDR. Should've told um, us a year ago, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's okay. If we, I didn't ask, I didn't have to ask. You have to ask Alex to get information sometimes or see his posts and his comments. I try to write more, but I've been lazy about it a little bit this past week. Yeah, that's no, all good. Uh, no, but Alex, this has been awesome. I'm like, we could talk forever. Um, I don't want to hold you up for any, any longer. Let, let everybody know, how can they reach you? Is it, is it uh, what, are you on Facebook, LinkedIn? Like, what do you, where are you, where's the easiest spot to, to pick Alex Boyd's brand if you're a sales or marketing leader or, or even an entry-level SDR just looking to make a name for himself? Um, LinkedIn is probably the, the best place. Um, I've definitely had multiple mentoring conversations and just casual, you know, non-agenda conversations with new folks um, through LinkedIn. So that's kind of where I hang out. Um, I think I have like 120 Instagram followers, but you know. Uh, well, I follow you. We'll follow you now. Yeah, you should. Hey, please, I post pictures of dogs mostly. I like um, your stuff. LinkedIn, I hang out there and it, not really any other social media, but uh, yeah, hit me up there if you want to chat. Alex this has been awesome. I, you know, I, I hope to get uh, connected with you again and see how things have changed next year. Um, I expect big changes, but I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, everybody listening to Cloud9, uh, you can reach Alex on, on LinkedIn. And thanks for joining. Thanks, Amir. Appreciate it.